Welcome to e-commerce on steroids. Buckle your seatbelts and learn from industry pros how to take your e-commerce business to the next level. What's up, guys? Back with another episode of e-commerce on steroids. I'm Panos, I'm your host, and let me introduce to today's great episode guest. Today with us is Luis Rothkopf, who is president at Martin DSP. Luis is sharing with us all his knowledge regarding programmatic advertising and how Martin DSP can help you drive greater impact from your marketing efforts. Luis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for hopping in. How is everything going today? Everything's going great. Thank you. And, and thank you so much for having me here. Um, I do enjoy your show and I'm, I'm excited to uh, share the little bit of knowledge that I have on, uh, on the space. Absolutely. Pleasure is ours. So just to kick it off, why don't you give us a little bit of, uh, you know, more information about yourself and what you were doing before Martin? Yeah. So I have been in the digital media and marketing industry for uh, 23 years um, going all the way. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's something, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's exciting, I suppose, to have seen how um, the space has changed um, tremendously going back to 1999 um, when I began. And, and it was all sort of just beginning then. Um, I went to a company called DoubleClick, uh, which was sort of my, my first real foray into advertising technology. And, and I was there from the period of, of 2000 to 2005. And as I'm sure you know, um, the industry and, and really the, the macro economy were in great uh, tumult um, during much of that time with the dot-com boom and, and bust. And mm. it really taught me the importance of the fundamentals, right? So when all of the you know drinks parties and crazy holiday parties dried up, it, it very quickly became became more about um, the basics, right? Are, are you making an impact with your advertising? And, and if so, um, where and why and, and how? And so over the course of my career, I've worked for um, video advertising companies like Brightroll, uh, which exited to Yahoo. I've worked for uh, mobile companies like uh, JumpTap, which exited to Millennial Media, which exited to Verizon. Um, I've worked for native dominant companies, a company called Polymorph that's exited to uh, Walmart. And having joined Martin now um, just over two years ago, it's really a, a cool opportunity to take all of that um, and improve the industry and improve marketing um, for folks who want to sell their product. I mean, really, that's what this is about. And so the company Martin um, is what's called a, a DSP, a demand side platform. And it's a tool uh, that marketers can use to advertise their product, their service across a massive array of of publishers, of inventory, of, of supply, we call it. Um, going back to sort of the story of me and, and how that becomes relevant in, in my current role, um, marketing in the digital realm um, has been great. Uh, you're able to reach users uh, pretty much wherever they happen to exist in the online space. Um, you're able to pinpoint target uh, the right user to the right message at the right time on the right device and so forth. But something's been missing. Um, and that something is 
precise and accurate measurement. So, you know, there's an old saying from uh, Mr. Wanamaker that half of my advertising works. I just wish I knew which half it was. And, you know, that was what, a hundred years ago. Um, yeah, and yeah. here we are, you know, in, in, in the 21st century, uh, when we all thought we would, you know, be going to work wearing jetpacks, but we have this amazing thing called the internet. And for many advertisers, it's still really difficult to know which of their advertising was working and, and where and why. And so we built a new demand side platform from the ground up that was tasked with solving those two problems, right? The first is understanding um, where your advertising is working, but then critically, optimizing your spend um, to those places where it is working. And, and working can be defined as whatever you, the marketer, care about, right? Maybe it's driving users to your website. Maybe it's driving users to return to their carts. Maybe it's driving users to make a purchase. Um, if you are a brand that cares about uh, consumer sentiment, maybe you're looking to improve upon consumer sentiment or drive users to physical locations. It's really agnostic as to what the KPI is, but critically, it helps you measure and optimize to it so that you're not wasting that, you know, mythical half of your advertising spend. Mm, that's great. That's great. Back to, uh, you know, a little bit more about uh, yourself. What do you think is the, the thing, or, you know, if there is more than one, feel free to share, that, you know, drew your interest in the ad tech industry? What was the thing that, you know, made you say that this is for me? So going all the way back, so like, you know, 80s, uh, there was this service called Prodigy, which was um, for many households, the first consumer um, dial up, not internet, but online service, right? You had corporate services that had been around since, you know, the 70s, but Prodigy was really the first place that presented consumers with a, a graphical user interface. And, and this is almost entirely forgotten by the industry today, but Prodigy ran banner ads, right? Like, so here mm -hmm. I am, you know, 10 years old or whatever, 11 years old, and I'm seeing what I want to see. You know, I'm going to do email with like a pen pal where I'm looking at sports scores, like pretty rudimentary, but for the time groundbreaking things. And here are these ads and I can click on these ads and it'll take me to a page, though of course it wasn't called a page, where I can actually do things based upon the ad that I interacted with. I can buy something, I can sign up for something, I can find new people to talk to, I can be introduced to a new company. And it's like, whoa, like this is groundbreaking. The ability to reach people through something that isn't a mass broadcast medium like television where you're mm. getting access to a big audience, but are you really getting access to the right audience, right? Is your money being efficiently spent? Um, it was definitely more welcome than direct mail, right? We all get the catalogs and we all get the stuff that we call, you know, junk mail sometimes, which is better targeted than TV advertising, but still not quite there. But here I am on this thing called Prodigy and, and wow, these are ads. And of course, you know, the online space evolved and the internet evolved, but the underlying problem was never solved, right? So how can I make sure that I'm getting the right message to the right person? Thinking about my career and going all the way back, that's taken a bunch of different shapes to, to get me where I am um, in, in my role today. You know, first it was 
about reaching consumers with banner ads, right? That was the industry. And like, maybe if you were really lucky, there were some of what we call rich media at the time, you know, some kind of visual interaction, but otherwise it was just a bunch of, you know, static banner ads. And that really gave rise to video. You know, here we are, it's 2008. And it's like, whoa, like we can reach people online with sight, sound, and motion. That's so impactful in television, of course. But now we can combine the emotional appeal of sight, sound, and motion with the targeting and precision of digital. That's really cool. So, you know, all of a sudden you've got this world base of users who are shifting from dial up to things like DSL and cable and fiber and they're able to consume uh, those ads with sight, sound, and motion before and during video content that they are engaged with. And, and you know, around this time, uh, smart publishers realized, wow, you know, video ads make me a lot more money. I don't really have that much video content. And so they discovered that they could run video ads outside of the player and they could run them across anything, you know, maybe it's between levels of an online game, or maybe it's kind of a gateway before you read your article. And so this new sort of sub industry was born of interstitial advertising that still was video and sight, sound and motion, but didn't need to live in a video um, in order to, to appear. That gave rise to mobile. So it's 2010, 2011, people are starting to make sounds about mobile advertising, you know, very parallel to um, the wired web, to desktop video, all of a sudden people's mobile connections are getting faster and faster. So where were we in 2011? We were probably in, in sort of the, the peak of the 3G era before LTE and 4G came to be. But 3G in most cases was good enough to show a pretty rich ad experience and certainly when the user was on Wi-Fi. And so now these interactive, again, very emotionally driven uh, ad experiences that, that folks had been restricted to on desktop, on the wired web, well, now they could do it on mobile. And now they can, marketers could actually target consumers and follow their buying path through the funnel across devices. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting on your couch and you see an ad for a product or you're searching for a product and you do some research on the mobile website and you're like, huh, this is something I'm interesting in, interested in. And so you get up and you have dinner and you go to your computer and you're checking your email for the night and you're like, hey, like, I'm still interested in that thing I was looking to go shopping for. And then boom, an ad comes on the desktop and, and that ad is not just blindly running to you. It's, it's been sequenced. And so maybe the first ad in the sequence, you know, is approaching you when you are in the evaluation stage. And maybe the second ad in the sequence is approaching you when you are in consideration, right? It doesn't actually matter the funnel stage. It matters that the marketer understood the path that consumers typically take. And so what cross-device targeting allowed marketers to do is not have to begin a brand new conversation with consumers as if it were the first time they were engaged with their brand. They could continue the conversation as consumers went through uh, their buying journey. Um, all of that gave rise to programmatic media mm. for the last 12 or 13 years. Programmatic has been the, has grown to be the dominant um, means of execution for digital advertising campaigns. There's really very little that you can't buy in programmatic. 
you can buy display and video and now you can buy connected television and over the top and you can buy mobile and you can even buy digital out of home. And depending on the medium, you can get back some really, really rich reports about where your advertising ran, the kinds of users, you know, based upon anonymous identifiers that it ran to. But again, you know, here we are with the challenge of understanding, well, what actually worked? And, you know, it's it's really interesting because you talk to anybody in the space who provides, you know, a buying platform or a supply side platform in SSP, and they're going to say, well, of course, you know where it worked. You know, we're able to measure things like cost per action and click-through rate and eCPM. So you do understand how much of your advertising is, is working and where. But the reality is those legacy measures of advertising performance fail to draw a difference between conversions that took place because of the advertising versus conversions that would have taken place by the consumer regardless of whether or not they saw the ad, which is just sort of poison to your marketing model because now you're paying for stuff that you would have gotten anyhow, but you don't know which of that you could have gotten anyhow and which you got by virtue of uh, having run your campaign. And so it really called for a new type of measurement and optimization to be built into the demand side platforms we believe strongly that measuring incrementality, right? So what is that number of more actions that were taken because the user saw the ad is really the only appropriate causal and uh, uh, precise way to measure how much of your advertising is working mm. and, and where and why. Gotcha. That, that's amazing news. Uh, why don't you give us a simple explanation of, you know, what programmatic advertising really is and why should an e-commerce merchant consider actually moving their spend on programmatic ads in, in st instead of like traditional methods? Yeah, great question. So, you know, in the beginning of all of this, buying digital advertising was very similar to buying a ad in a magazine or a spot on radio. You would negotiate a deal with the publisher, right? The radio station, the television station, you know, now the digital publisher. Um, you would... Uh, send over an insertion order, which contained all the details of the campaign. You would send over creative, uh, which was the ad that you wanted to run. You would wait for the publisher to traffic the ad in their ad server, you know, something like a DFP or a 24-7 real media. Um, you would wait then for the campaign to be pushed live. And then after all of those things happened, your ad would be running and you would get reporting on impressions and clicks. Yep. And as I'm sure all of your listeners know, clicks, right? Click-through rate with very few exceptions is a terrible measure of how effective your advertising is because you don't really care about clicks, right? You care about people who clicked and took the action you so desired, right? But it's even worse than that because what click-through rate fails to tell you is how many people saw the banner ad, but then completely outside of the desktop web context went ahead and took the action. So maybe you are driving consumers to your uh, e-commerce page and you've run these ads and you see a handful of clicks and you see a handful of conversions and without understanding what's going on you know, behind those conversions and clicks, 
you would make the natural assumption that everybody who clicked on the ad um, bought the product. And that's just not accurate, right? So studies way back in the beginning of digital advertising um, really highlighted that CTR, click-through rate, is, is just not a good measure of, of which users are actually converting. And so when you factor in the really sort of non-rich information you get back from a manual ad campaign, as well as all of the inefficiencies and, and challenges inherent to negotiating the price and, you know, sending an IO back and forth, you know, first it was by fax machine and then it became via email. Um, boy, wouldn't it be great if you could do all of those steps in your head, right? And then click a button and boom, you are now lighted up with your advertising across your target, across the entire open web. Wow. Now you're not having to call individual publishers and you're not having to negotiate individual rates, you can simply say, I don't want to pay more than a $2 CPM for this ad um, and do it. Like just go and do it. I, I don't, as the marketer, really want to get in the weeds. I want my demand side platform to optimize to my KPI. And so all of that sort of inefficiency inherent to the what's called digital direct model it just goes away. Uh, and now your campaign is up and running very quickly after you press the submit button. Um, the other side of it is what you get out of the back end. What sort of metrics and data are you getting based upon how your campaign um, ran? And boy, it is just exponentially greater than anything that was possible in the previous um, manual era, right? So understanding not only where your ad ran, but how did your ad perform across all the various properties on which you ran? And maybe you ran on 100 properties, or maybe you ran on 10,000 properties, and maybe you were able to find your users on quality sites that just aren't very well known. And so the media buying algorithm can optimize delivery to those sites on which your campaign has performed well and kind of cycle out those sites on which it didn't perform well. Now, because you're in the programmatic context and programmatic is really a language that with very few exceptions, all of the players in the, the digital marketing and, and advertising technology space speak. Well, now you can work with partners to understand things like what happened after a user clicked on the ad, came to the page, uh, and then didn't convert? Why didn't they convert? Where did they stop? Where did they abandon their cart? And these kinds of integrations allow marketers to be much smarter uh, about their advertising, much more efficient in optimizing towards where it works, but then pull all of those learnings out so that they can use them to be even better in their targeting and their precision and their outcomes on subsequent campaigns. Mm. That's great. Lewis, there's an article of yours, you know, where you, you developed the idea that uh, measuring ads performance and effectiveness based on CPA or ROAS is not, you know, really quite right. Could you elaborate, please, on that? Absolutely. So, you know, there's this notion of how many people bought my product because they saw my ad on whatever medium, right? Whether they saw it on television or they saw it on the wired web or they saw it on mobile. So how many people bought my product because they saw the ad versus how many people bought my product 
and saw the ad. And, and you see the distinction there is really important, right? Because right. if you're optimizing towards people who saw the ad and took the action because of it, well, now you've found your customer base. Now you're advertising to the right people because they're taking the action that you want to see them take. If you're optimizing to cost per action, right? So basically you're saying, I'm going to figure out how many people uh, came to my site and bought my product uh, and what it cost um, for them to come to my site and buy my product. You have a really good sense at that point as to whether your targeting is accurate, right? Because you're you're clearly reaching the audience that you think is your customer base. But what you have no idea of is the causal relationship between the two, right? Mm -hmm. So how many people saw the ad and took the action because of it versus how many people saw the ad, right? That's sort of living in one silo. And then how many uh, how many conversions took place on my site, which is living in a separate silo. And you got to be able to marry those two things together. And we've seen some really interesting trends. So if you're optimizing to some of these legacy metrics like cost per action, you're not saving yourself any money and, and you're probably costing yourself sales. So here's a, a quick example. Um, we've seen that um, in order to achieve a what marketers would consider to be a low cost per action, you have to keep ad frequency low, which makes sense, right? If, if you want to pay less to get people to convert on a per ad basis and a per action basis, well, then you don't want to show the ad so many times because every time you do, you are paying money, right? You're typically buying media on a CPM basis. Every time you show that ad, you're paying the publisher for that ad. And you don't want to show it too many times because that's going to cost you more money. If you're optimizing towards Lyft, right? And, and Lyft is that delta between people who saw the ad and people who bought the product because they saw the ad. Well, then you realize very quickly that frequency has a very big impact on Lyft. So the number of times you show the ad absolutely impacts the conversion rate of your advertising. And depending upon the marketer and their KPI, we've seen optimal frequency to a single user somewhere between 11 and 13 times um, between the beginning and the end of the campaign. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're optimizing to CPA, that sounds terrible because, oh geez, you've just now shown my ad 11 to 13 times and you know that costs more. But when you're optimizing to lift, Frequency doesn't matter, right? And per campaign cost doesn't matter because wouldn't you as a marketer rather spend a dollar to reach 10 users uh, who are qualified and who are statistically likely to buy your product versus spending 50 cents to reach two users who are likely to purchase your product? Of course you would. Of course. And that, you know, that represents a paradigm shift for a lot of marketers, right? A lot of folks are still focusing on those older metrics like CPA uh, or eCPM, but what they're missing is that they're missing a bunch of the knowledge and a bunch of the targeting precision that they could get if they were optimizing to how much money right? How many, how many users are converting? How much money am I making by virtue of having run these ads? Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Super interesting, all the stuff that we discuss. Why don't we dive a little bit more into Martin? 
And, you know, I want to share with us your, you know, some of your most popular services. And I also want to ask you, when would you guys suggest a merchant to even consider, you know, investing in programmatic advertising? Is there any particular niche that you would say it's a necessity or like everyone can use it from day one? Great question. So let's see. Um, Martin has a slogan. um, It's called measurably better. And I think it probably distills all the way down uh, to its essence, what it is that we do, right? So we believe that marketing should be causal, measurement should be causal, and we believe that marketing should be optimized based upon the causal relationship between your advertising and its results on your business. Um, We do that in a bunch of different ways, and we do it for a bunch of different kinds of companies. Our core market segment has been agencies, Uh, who have brands uh, that they want to either um, expand the awareness of, uh, improve the sentiment of among consumers. Uh, Our clients include e-commerce companies that want to sell more product. Uh, Our clients include brands and e-commerce companies. They're simply trying to drive uh, activity to the website. To to answer your most recent question, you know, who, who is this for? Um, I think everybody should be running programmatic advertising. And think about it this way. If you've ever bought a search ad on Google, you've run programmatic, right? Mm -hmm. You're telling the Google optimization engine, here's how much I want to spend. Here are the keywords, right? So here are the themes I'm looking to target people with. Here's the creative, uh, right? Either the messaging or the image or both. Here's the anti-targeting I want to do. So here's all the here's all the keywords I don't want to buy against. And you press submit, and all of a sudden, uh, wow, your ads are appearing on the internet. We do that for the open web. So you have what are called these walled gardens, right? So the Googles of the world, the Facebooks of the world. The only way you're going to run on Google search results is if you are buying from Google, right? The only way you're going to run on Facebook is if you're buying from Facebook. And that's great, right? Those platforms, the walled gardens, represent a good deal of value to merchants uh, who are looking to both get the word out and, and drive results. But we also know that consumers being reached during different browsing and media consumption touch points react differently. So you are in your email, let's say, and then you think of something that's exciting to you that an email made you uh, may cross your mind and you go to that site and it's like, oh, wow, here's an ad that kind of matches uh, exactly what I was thinking about um, versus you're consuming your social feeds and there's an in-feed video ad that like maybe you interact with and maybe you're just kind of scrolling through and you've got blindness to it. Um, you kind of need both as a merchant, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you want search. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And you probably also want to reach consumers in that social mindset, but you got to also reach them every place else they are at on the internet, right? Absolutely. Like why, why wouldn't you do that? So that doesn't just include websites. That includes connected television, right? So I'm sitting back, I'm watching TV on my connected device. I'm consuming one of the channels. I'm watching on demand. And now I'm getting a ad that is appropriately targeted um, based upon uh, my anonymous interests and, and behaviors. Or 
I'm getting an ad that isn't even targeted, right? I'm getting an ad that is so broad-based that pretty much every consumer is appropriate for that product. But the point is, I'm seeing it and I'm probably going to engage with it if I'm in the right mindset. So reaching consumers in that open web, um, you know, open TV mindset is absolutely the, the way to go. Um, there's no, uh, speaking for our, our, ourselves as our business alone, there's no minimums, there's no like lengthy terms you have to sign up for. Like we, we just want to help you sell more stuff right? We're a newer, smaller company. We are in market against companies like Google, right? Against behemoths. And we know that in order to succeed, we got to do what we do really well from a technical perspective. We got to drive the kinds of results that marketers and merchants want to see. But we also have to be the kind of people that you can talk to if you're not the largest marketer or the largest agency in, in the world. We pride ourselves on service, right? Like we want to make it really easy for merchants to sell their product and, and reach the right people that are going to help them do that. And we want to hold their hands um, and we want to counsel them on the best way to use our tools. Or if they already know all that stuff, we'll get out of their way and give them a login and say, you know, here's, Here's our phone number. You know, here's our Slack channel that we created for you. Let us know if you have any questions. And and most folks tend to land somewhere in between the two. Um, and it's our belief that you're only going to get that kind of service again, unless you are, you know, among the largest marketers and agencies in the world. When you work with a provider like us that is so geared to helping merchants succeed um, and doing so in a way that is friendly and, and cost effective. Amazing, Luis. Uh, last question for today. Is there anything merchants could do wrong with programmatic advertising? Like something that they should not do and they, they should avoid? Great question. I could spend another half hour <laughs> answering that, but, but I won't. I'll be respectful of your listeners' time. Um, the biggest thing you can do wrong is just not measure it, right? If you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Um, and so either not measuring it at all um, would be terrible, but measuring to the wrong things that we've talked about today yeah. can be almost as bad. Um, you've also got to make sure that you're running to um, media properties that you feel comfortable um, having your ad run across, right? So the World Wide Web uh, is a big, exciting place um, with you know most of it being clean and well-lit and with some corners that aren't clean and well lit and you probably don't want to run there. And so you got to make sure, you know, whomever you use as your demand side platform that they're applying brand safety filters. So things like I definitely don't want to run against any adult content. I definitely don't want to run against some folks don't want to run against, you know, firearm content or gambling content. And only the marketer can decide, you know, what brand safety means to them. But the platform you use, like you got to make sure that you've got the ability to restrict your advertising to the places, not only where it's performant, but also to the places that you can be proud of as a, as a company. Mm, Luis, thank you so much for your time. Really, really interesting episode. What's the best channel if someone wants to reach out to you? Hello at martin.ai. That's great. Thanks again for your time, Luis. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. We hope our podcast inspired you. Join our Facebook group Shopify Q&A for more great e-commerce and Shopify tips.